You're listening to the Fashion Ambition Podcast, and I'm your host, Natalie Robin. The Fashion Ambition Podcast is all about bringing you the tools and strategies to start and scale your business or career in fashion through conversations with industry experts who have been there and done that. Whether you're a startup founder, a new fashion graduate, or a soon-to-be graduate like me, or you just know that a career in fashion is your calling, we have an episode to help you launch. Make sure to keep up with new episodes by following the podcast at The Fashion Ambition on Instagram, where I update you on new episodes every week. You can also find my blog on Instagram at nomadandmode and online at nomadandmode.net, where I write all about fashion and travel. You can find all of the links to connect with me in the show notes. So with that, let's get into the episode. Hi, this is Natalie and welcome back to the Fashion Ambition Podcast. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode because I'll be talking with Kendall Netmaker, who is a successful entrepreneur, author, and speaker originally from Sweetgrass First Nation in Saskatchewan. Kendall got his start in entrepreneurship as the founder of Nietzsche Gear, an apparel company driven to empower youth through sports. He's also the founder of Netmaker Leadership Academy, which provides business coaching to entrepreneurs and is the co-founder of Indigifund, a nonprofit that helps support Indigenous youth in sports, education, and culture. So today we'll be talking about mindset tips for entrepreneurs, where new entrepreneurs can start if they don't have a lot of resources, and developing community around your brand. So Kendall, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. So I really wanted to start um, with a point that actually stood out to me while I was going through your book. And that was when you described going in 100% on your business. And I think that was, if I'm remembering correctly, back in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start there because I think it's such a pivotal point for so many business owners to kind of, you know, take that leap because there's a, it's a big risk. And especially yeah. if you're in a in a position where you're not um, completely stable financially. So I was wondering if you could describe kind of what it was that allowed you to take that leap of faith and where your mindset was at that point in time. Yeah, that's a good question because I'm currently coaching a ton of entrepreneurs right now that are um, going through that. And I, the first thing I, t- I tell them is in order for this to work hundred percent of where you expect it to be and more, you have to give it hundred percent of your time. And it's a hundred percent focus you have to put into it. And a lot of people have a hard time making that adjustment primarily because Natalie, they get too comfortable in their life. They get too comfortable with living with uh, maybe they're working full time and they have a, you know, a really good job and that, and maybe you have children, you know, and, and so your comfort is to trying to, attain a stable life, a stable income for their children. So um, back when I was in that phase, I was already, I had just finished university. I was um, already used to living off of <laughs> barely anything. And mm-hmm. uh, myself, my, my wife, Rachel, were in a one bedroom apartment off of um, McCurcher. And my son was already here too. So he was um, a toddler at that time and uh, he wasn't one years old. And it's just a tough time, you know, it was just a tough time financially. And I never had no st- stability in income. I never had no, you know, there was opportunity that, opportunities that did come, but I, I passed on them because I had something and I just believed in it where I felt like eventually it would take my time, my, my full time. 
And like I passed on potentially becoming a teacher, which is, you know, a pretty stable income. Uh, right. I had, I remember RBC had an opportunity for me and I, I can't remember how that came up. might've been like Facebook or LinkedIn or something, but even SAS sport, like I had opportunities where I could have been working for other places and I had to pass on them because I knew realistically that most of these places would not support a side hustle on the side. And that's what I wanted to do was I wanted to align something with a side hustle, but I never got there. And eventually it, it allowed me to, um, to just, you know, the, the tipping point was uh, lining up for social assistance in Saskatoon. Okay. And that was the, the trigger moment, I guess we'll say for me. And a lot of people, they have these low points in their life or they have really uncomfortable situations that really push them to, to change something in their life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was that moment because it, it triggered a, um, my upbringing with my mom and, and how she struggled to raise us with um, living on welfare. And here I'm, I'm fast forwarding how many years later and I'm with my own family in a welfare line and I'm thinking, holy crap, you know, I, I didn't go to school to, for this to happen. You know, I, I was just a lot of things came back to me. And um, I remember leaving with Rachel. We went back to our apartment, told her, you know, this, that's not going to be us. So I'll try to figure things out. I basically had no choice but to succeed. That's mm-hmm. what it came down to, Natalie. And so I had no plan B. I had to just go for it. And um, 2012 was next month. I was about December, roughly. And step-by-step, uh, step, things started to pop up. You know, we took it from the apartment, whatever we made in the sales in the apartment. We invested into a store, I mean, a, a, an office downtown. Uh, I call the 220. That's when they were just first opening their their office space. So we had one of their first offices on the main floor, and that was about a hundred square feet. Um, you could see my studio, my office here is like smaller mm-hmm. than this. <laughs> so um, it was pretty small for what we were trying to do, but we were selling. You know, people were coming off the street buying from us. We were letting people know on social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool things were happening, and then that transpired into more events. Uh, eventually we won a, a competition at the mall at the center mall on a street. And then we got a kiosk there and, um, you know, the rest of the story, you know, how things just compounded over time. But Natalie comes down to, if I wasn't full-time that none of that would have happened. Right. Yeah. Right. So one of my questions was actually, um, if you ever felt like it wouldn't succeed. Um, so, so it wasn't so much like, would you say it wasn't so much that, but it was more so you were thinking, okay, I have no other, I have no other choice. It has to work. Yeah. It was a combination of both. It, it was, mm-hmm. uh, I had no choice for it to succeed. That was my opportunity. It was a big gravitational pull towards it. And mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't have felt good if I wasn't doing it, trying it. Cause I would have been like, man, I had all that opportunity. Like, the what if came, you know, the what if, and a lot of people live and they settle with what ifs. And I don't know, there's so many things that were late that were laid right before those opportunities came. And I just, I don't know, a lot of things just triggered the moments, triggered the sequences. And I felt like I was just meant to do it. And um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot, there's lots behind that, Natalie, Mm -hmm. mostly I, I would say family systems and family past family, um, my ancestors, my Kukum, my I was a big part of that. And um, my uncles who eventually passed on as well with their lodge keepers. Just, you know, the, the beliefs between life ceremony and how to um, 
live a good life. They all came mm-hmm. throughout everything and they still do through every, every decision they make. And, um, I think, I think, uh, what a lot of people don't see this behind the business stuff that I do and how I help people is the, the worldview where I come from. And that worldview is, is, uh, comes from indigenous culture, indigenous way of living. And, um, that came from being around ceremony and apprenticing and learning from elders. And so that's where that came from. And the decisions compounded from that foundation. Right. So it was kind of a, um, your background as well as the experiences that you, you went through that really kind of influenced you to make that decision. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, like you, you read the book, Natalie, I don't have a business degree, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people assume they need some kind of business training um, to start a business. And so my first thing is, yes, it's good if you have an opportunity to take advanced education. Yes, do that if you can. But if you don't have that opportunity, it's not the end of the world. You can still you can still learn everything you can online. You can still find people who have done things like that. You know, that's why I wrote the book is because people I needed to give someone people something because. I got a lot, I get a lot of questions all the time online and, um, people wanting advice. And I just, I point them to the book, you know, and say, you know, it's for, it's very inexpensive. You can get pretty much all that information in there that, uh, how we started and whatnot and the methodologies and the story and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I hope that, uh, makes sense there, Natalie. Yeah, no, definitely it does. Um, and actually that kind of follows into my next question because I was going to ask you, um, what would be some advice that you would give somebody who, you know, who is starting with, with nothing? Um, maybe they don't have any, um, any money to work with, or they don't have any of those built-in connections. What would be some tips that you would give someone who's, who's really wanting to start, but they just don't know what to do? Yeah. Um, I would say that if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that in a generic disrespectful term. I mean, there, there's a drive that everyone has and most people don't activate it. And it's a drive of, um, how can I say it's, it's like, a, you don't want to be, you kind of don't want to be like the rest of society in terms of like, you want to make things happen. You want to, live a good life you want to have things that you didn't grow up with you want to experience things and if you want to get all that you have to you can't do it in your current circumstance you have to change that and now that you understand that you have to become a different person you have to grow into a different person you have to start executing like that person and that means you're gonna have to get on the phone you're gonna have to get on facebook on instagram on linkedin on tiktok now you know there's things like that um Mm -hmm. where you have to start building your network you have to start talking to people you have to start offering services for free um i did a lot of that you know when when facebook was around and uh, there was instagram was just coming out like that was like my main two main things at the time was i was on there a lot and i was just talking to people um trying to sell I was uh, in my little corner of my my apartment. Uh, that was my little office in my living room, and uh, that's that's where it all started. Was was there? And uh, Rachel used to see me, you know, there till two a.m. pretty often, right? And just working, 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 and then go back, go back to bed, and wake up again, and just it's nonstop, right? And so it, that's what people don't do, you know. 
as we were raising our son, right? And and right. Um, now we have two children, you know, uh, Rachel's a teacher, um, still trying to make that a priority and, and being a good parent for them. You know, they're just outside the door here. <laughs> Hopefully mm-hmm. they don't come walking in, but, <laughs> but they're, uh, you know, that's a big part of, again, foundation and, and trying to be a good person, trying to be a good parent, you know, um, being a father, that's something I had to learn how to do. And a lot of people, they'll, um, they grew up in the situations where it's not their fault that things happen the way they are, but that doesn't mean you can't make it better for your children. That doesn't mean you can't make it better for your people that you lead. That doesn't mean you can't make it better for yourself. Right. And a lot of people, they, they go through that and they don't, they, they're the ones responsible at the end of the day for their decisions. And if you're not willing to take those risks, you're not going to be able to get those rewards that may come with that. And entrepreneurship is a lot of experiments. You're going to try a lot of things. You're going to, you're going to test things. You're going to, you know, things won't work out, but sometimes things will, and they will take you very, very far. Right. I never thought speaking would be those thing back in when I just got started with Nietzsche. I never thought I'd become a speaker, but it led to that. It opened you doors. And sometimes the path that you take may open a door that you never expected that may be what you're really meant to do. Right. And so you're not going to find that unless you really throw yourself out there. And that's where a lot of people get uh, stage fright, you know, like, like myself, I got, had stage stage fright many times and I, I just had, had no choice. I don't know how to explain that. And I I just had no choice. I didn't have anything to rely on. Like Mm -hmm. I had no rich parents. I had no rich community, nothing like that. And so I had no choice but to rely on myself and it's still very much like that in terms of um, self-driven, I guess, self-driven by upbringing and very close immediate family member. That's, that's my, uh, my circle, I guess. Right. Kind of the foundation. Um, What would you say to somebody who, you know, they've decided they're going to, they're going to take that leap. They're going to kind of go for what they, what they're really wanting work with it, what they have, try to be resourceful. But what they're really struggling with is getting to that point mentally. Like they don't quite have the, the mindset tools um, to kind of like self-coach themselves. Yeah. And they're really struggling in that way. What would you say to somebody like that? Um, so we become a reflection of what's been put in our mind. Okay. And, and, and if we, if we want to change our outer world and how we look at the world and how we set goals and how we, approach the day even we have to change the input up here to something that would rewire us in a different way and what i mean by that natalie is we one of the things that really did that for me in 2014 i discovered audio programs and i started to listen to audio programs so to watch on youtube and listen in the background and then i listened to uh i bought audio cds i, I you know they were just phasing out at that time but and then i got an audible audiobooks.com those two the two things i started downloading programs from there and then i started reading and then i started going taking online courses and then i started taking uh going to in-person seminars uh, online seminars and then you know just and then i started getting coaching i started getting mentorship but you know eventually when i had the the budget i would i would go reach out to coaches and i would i would hire them for even if it was just one meeting or or six different sessions and so on that's that's the that's the degree of input I put into up for me. Now most people don't do that because they're not willing to take those those steps. But it's it's so simple, Natalie. Honestly, at the end of the day, 
uh, if we were to simplify steps, a lot of it starts up here. And a lot of us haven't been given that foundation growing up to, to really help us up here. So we have to be responsible for changing that as individuals. When we hit a certain point in our life, when you become an adult, you now, you are now in control for your decisions. And sometimes there's going to be things that weren't taught to you that you're going to have to go learn from other people, that you're going to go have to learn from other gurus or whatever that might be. And, and that, that was a lot for me. That happened a lot to me. I had to go and learn that stuff, how to speak, how to, how to, like, I, I was, I was no, I'm no fashion designer, Natalie, yeah. but I had to go learn stuff, right? I had to go learn how to sell. I had to go learn mm-hmm. how to market. I had to learn how to do everything, write a books, uh, speak. Like I said, everything in my business, I had to go and learn how to create an online course, like all these things. I, it's, if you want it bad enough, you'll go and find a way to learn it. That's, that's the best way I can sum it up, Natalie. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, they, they make excuses because of their, their circumstances. And, you know, that doesn't do, that's not going to get you to make, take that first step. So find a way to take the first step. What's going to initiate that first step for you? You know, it, it's, Yes, we can change how we've been raised, but we can change the outcome of our decisions today. And that's right. that's the most important thing. Right. And I think um, right now we're lucky in a way because, it, like you said, we have access to these, you know, audiobooks, books, um, speakers that we can watch on YouTube that we might not otherwise have, like, immediately in our circle. Yeah. So I think that that's a really really important, important point and important uh, resource to kind of take advantage of too. Um, One of the things I'm going to be uh, working on here is, is I'm going to probably host a couple free webinars that are just recorded on my site and I'll leave them there just to teach people the basics of, you know, cause I get a lot of questions of, of basic uh, entrepreneurship. So I'll probably start working on those very soon and uh, just put them on there for people to, to go through that training, even if it's just for like half hour, 45 minutes, just to get the basics, you know, from um, how to, how to create a, a product or service or both, you know, that, that, that they can sell. And, and a lot of people, they are in that position to do that, but they just don't know how, Sometimes they just got to hear it from someone like their own. That's, that's what I mm-hmm. found. And so I take it very seriously. The, the things that I share with people and I try to help as many, especially of, of um, first nations people as I can, because there's a rise happening of indigenous entrepreneurship right now in this country. And it's very powerful. I see it everywhere. Um, and I, I did not see that when is it 11 years ago when I just got started. And so this is very, very, awesome time we're living in Natalie, and, and i hope that uh, it continues to to blossom yeah definitely yeah. another th- thing that i was wanting to ask you was because i think you you did such a good job of this um in building nietzsche gear was building kind of a community around the brand yeah um and i think part of that from just from what i've seen it was the the element of giving back that you had um that was really like ingrained in the brand so I was wondering if you kind of could kind of speak to that and maybe some some tips that you would give somebody to to kind of create um, yeah. yeah that community. Yep, absolutely. So one of the things that I I, um, I share with with uh, brand owners and I do one of my my trainings that's called the world class brand. And the first thing in in creating a world class brand is you need to have a a a world-class or a million-dollar story that you tell to your audience. And the reason I tell people this is because that was the thing that 
took us from part-time to full-time. It was the story element and how it just, it blended everything together in our, our social mission, how we sold a product and how we communicated that to the person and why they should come to us. So it, everything just flowed when we brought that story. And I didn't tell the story for about, um, about eight, eight months into it. That's, that's how long it took me. And then about at the, about the eighth month mark, I started to, uh, talk about it on Facebook. I started to, to share about it on Facebook. And then I, I made a, a story, I put it on the website. And then eventually a few years later, we, we, um, we got a, a video team to do, you know, an, an actual video on, and you could see it on our website, nichigear.com about the video. That's the video that they made. And when, when all those things started to come, um, everything increased sales increased brand loyalty increased people came back again and again people would tell their friends um we didn't have to do a lot of facebook advertising we didn't have to do really any type of advertising people would would market for us and that was like the sweet spot that a lot of people don't hit they have to put so much money into ads and then they settle for a little margin because they haven't developed a, a clear story of, that I would, I would, I would wrap some up in, at the end of the day as this, Natalie, a story so good that someone has to tell their friends. Mm-hmm. It's kind of okay. like you go to a movie. It's a movie so good. You have to tell your friends or a Netflix series. So good. You have to go and tell your friends. How can you create a story like that? Right. And so the, the formula that I tell people is, is um, you find a turning point event in your life that applies, that's applicable to your business. So it, it's so in a sense, it's like your why story. Why do you do what you do? You want to communicate that to your audience. And for me, the why was the, the, the grade five story. That's that was the, the grade five was my my best friend helped me to take part in soccer. Him and his family paid for my fees, drove me to games and practices. They empowered me through sport that compounded into many things. You know, two years later, they gave us a 1986 Ford Crown Victoria before they moved to Saskatoon. Now they empowered my whole family with that vehicle. My mom's driving me to games and practices. I'm playing more sports. I go to North Balford to, to go finish high school, like playing volleyball, badminton, soccer, and all these different sports compounded into going to college to play sports in college. And then I came back to University of Saskatchewan to become a teacher and, um, compounded from there. That's how that in university, my last year is when I started Nietzsche year as a full-time student. And I, I entered business competitions, didn't know what I was doing, but I'd show up and I would learn things at their workshops. I would learn from other people and, and being the only, uh, uh, brown face in the crowd. And also, um, uh, the only educa- educa- education student in there, like that was always, that was double intimidating for me. So I had to go and learn things and I was always an underdog in everything that I did. And so I had to just throw myself out there a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Of course it's scary of course it's uncertain but you know these are opportunities we have to start taking and that's just things we have to kind of just go with and it doesn't get easier you just have you get you get stronger the more right. you do things that are uncomfortable you just you just build yourself over time and mm-hmm. um so um that story i tell the story of how johan and the family compounded the whole experience for myself when I came to start Nietzsche gear, I wanted to do the same thing through a clothing brand. So it all came full circle. And so when I tell the story, the audience can envision that story happening through pictures visually. And so that's the kind of stories you want to tell. You want to tell something that, that ignites, empowers, um, uplifts people. 
that 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 takes you from where you are where you are to where you're trying to go and um, you find that turning point of event in your life your career your business you write it down you craft it you get someone to help you with the writing on that and uh, you can you can publish it on your your website and make a video if you can Right. That's that's pretty much the formula. It's very basic. It's very easy, and most people, all of my clients, do that. And so, when they do that, they're able to get just organic businesses from posting something like that. People believe in that stuff. People believe in real stuff, right? And and we're living in a world where people just want more real. We we, I think COVID really exposed a lot of fake stuff, you know. And and uh, people are people are starting to build platforms or just being themselves. And that, and to me, that is like, Holy man, that's what we need right now. Yeah. We don't need, uh, you know, things that are just edited like crazy. We need real stuff now. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. That's how you create a million dollar story. You find it in your why, if you don't have that story, you want to tell, there's two other ways you can do that. You can do it through a, um, a customer, a case study story where you tell a client story of how they benefited from your product and service and how you changed their life, how you transformed them through some way. Or if you're like a big retailer brand or, or online brand, you get an endorser to do that for you. Those are the okay. other two ways. But the most powerful is the founder story. Mm-hmm. You as a business owner, how you communicate that. If you can do all three over your time, boom. Yeah. Good That's to go. powerhouse right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think it um, kind of just speaks to how important it is to to connect, to be able to connect with the people that you're trying to sell to on like a, a human to human basis. Um, so something else that you kind of touched on um, with the videos that you mentioned you were going to have on your website um, was the importance of seeing somebody like you doing what you want to do. Um, and I think in your book, you had mentioned that you had to kind of step into spaces that you didn't see any sort of like indigenous representation in. Yeah. And so I think that that's yeah, something that's really difficult because if you don't have any you know, role, role models, it can be hard to kind of see yourself in that role. And so I was wondering if you have any, um, any advice as to how somebody can approach that or maybe get past that. Yeah. You know, even to this day, like, even like, man, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many stories of that, Natalie, where I've been in a room and it's been so uncomfortable for me, but I've had no choice, but to hack it out, trying to find, trying to make excuses to leave, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make excuses not to be there because I just didn't feel comfortable. So many things are not, um, how can I say it? They're not, uh, inclusive to people from indigenous communities and i had to go through a lot of that in in the um especially business world where just trying to make it and trying to learn but also never taken seriously from peers that was probably the, the most challenging and i've had to um learn a lot of things in the evenings study watch youtube go on google um and uh that's where a lot of my learning came from and reading books, eventually listening to audios and that all transpired from that. But if I were to sum it up at the end of the day, you know, that all helps, but on the ground trying is what's going to teach you probably 90% of what you need to know. Trying to make a sale. There's such a, there's such a, 
there's such a process that you learn about yourself and how you communicate. People buy people. They're buying from you. They're not going to buy your product. People, when, when Nietzsche Gear came, it wasn't Nietzsche Gear. It was Kendall. It was the story. It was how I told the story and how I initiated the sale from that story. And when I started to realize, I was like, holy crap, you know, I got to really, you know, I got I to gotta up my personal brand too, right? I have to start branding myself. And that didn't happen until 2015 when I started to build my own site, my own Facebook stuff, my own Instagram. I basically separated myself from my brand so people can see who I was behind the scenes and what I, you know, all the things that I do and whatnot. And even though it wasn't much behind the scenes, but at least it was a, it was a start. And a lot of people don't do that. And so branding is very much a part of you as an individual, as it is to your, to whatever you're trying to sell, whether it's in fashion, whether it's e-commerce, whatever it might be, they're, they're, they're going to come to both. And they may come to your personal because they like you as an individual and they want to see more of what you're about. And, and maybe in time, you'll have more products, more services that you can offer to those people that, that come by your website. And uh, so everything starts somewhere. But so whoever's watching this or who's going to watch the recording, find that one product, find that one service and, and give it all your attention. That's the best way I can put that. Give it everything that you can in terms of uh, energy, because where your your energy, your attention goes, that's where everything's going to flow to. It, a lot of people they'll put one foot here, one foot here, and they they realize th later on that nothing's working. They're not they're getting a little successful, but they don't become fully successful in their what they feel they can achieve. You have to put both feet in, and and there's a book called um, uh, Jump by Steve Harvey that I think everyone should 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 uh, read, and that. He explains in that book that everyone's going to come to a point in their life when they're going to have to jump in with two feet. You're going to have to jump into your dream. You're going to have to jump into your business. You're going to have to jump into a career, whatever that might be for yourself. You're going to have to jump. And it's that jump is very uncomfortable. And a lot of people don't ever make that jump, unfortunately, Natalie, because they're, they're, they're too comfortable and they don't mm -hmm. want to take that step and they settle. And, um, I'm scared of that. You know, I'm, I'm scared of that, that, that thought of that. And I just want to, I want to do things that I feel I can do. And I just, you know, I'm tr always trying to grow. I'm, I'm still learning. And um, at this time in my career, I'm just trying to help people uh, grow their own brands, become better leaders. I'm doing a lot of coaching. Um, that's, that's, that's where things are for me right now. And I'm just trying to grow that at this time. Right. Yes. Yeah, so much of, I guess going after um, a business goal is about kind of wanting that dream more than you're actually scared of it and, mm -hmm. and trying to kind of trying to launch yourself into kind of into the unknown in that way. The next question I wanted to ask you was, are there any um, like standout mistakes that you made in, in any of your businesses that yeah. were really like learning lessons? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, uh, probably the first one was was, was the one I, I tell the most is, is um in uh when i just got started one of my first business competitions was through the university of saskatchewan and we had won 10 grand from that competition and i used about uh, a good chunk of that prize money to buy screen printing equipment and i had to learn how to screen print and do all that anyways long story short natalie it was a to complete waste of time in terms of uh so this is the mindset I had. And a lot of people have this. Got to keep my costs down. Got to keep my costs down. Got to keep my costs down. What are they forgetting? 
how to sell the thing. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where most that's where all growth is. And so my mind was full focused on margins, margins, margins. Got to keep my my cost down. Okay, I got to learn how to screen print. I'll keep my I'll keep my cost down by screen printing. I'll, you know, now I'm giving all my time to screen printing. I'm forgetting to sell, and that that took me like two and a half, three weeks to figure that out. So I'm I'm playing art class in my one bedroom apartment, <laughs> trying to figure this out, and um, I eventually sold that to, uh, and uh, I started working with. Um, with hard press downtown oh, South yeah. So, so Steve was, was a, uh, became like our designer screen printer. And this was before he started really selling his brand. And so he was, he was full-time in the screen printing. And so we be- developed a really good partnership and we, he's, you know, he became our go-to supplier and, uh, we, we, you know, we, we grew together. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, such a, such a good learning, um, I guess, learning point. I think a lot of people have that mindset of you have to kind of do everything yourself, figure everything else, everything out yourself. And a lot of the time that can be a really big time suck. And yeah. And like you said, kind of take, take you away from, from what you should actually be focusing on. Yes. Um, Yeah. So another question that I wanted to ask you was, have you ever had any major failures in your business? Um, I know, I know there was that as a mistake, but have there um, been anything, has there been anything that you would kind of classify as a, as a failure? Hmm. Um, And, and in general, how do you approach failure? Um, Yeah, there's been a ton of failures. Um, um, Test marketing, different stores, you know, I, I, I failed a few times, you know, trying things out. but I don't regret any of them. You know, I don't regret going and setting up. You know, I remember even in the early days where I was lucky to sell one hoodie <laughs> that whole day at an event. That was like really humbling. You know, some days I didn't sell a thing. And I'd be like, holy crap, what am I doing with my life? You know, every all the negative things would, would just come and, and dominate my thinking. And, that you know... I don't know. It was like, we just, I just, I, most people probably wouldn't even hang out, you know, if they weren't selling, you know, probably get discouraged. And I was discouraged, mm-hmm. but I kept showing up. That's probably the best way. I just kept showing up, kept trying, changing things, um, trying to adapt, evolve everything. And, and so it, it, there's so many things along the journey that uh, different products I'd bring out where they would just be total bust and I'd have to like discount it heavily just to break even. Sometimes I'd lose money on the order. Um, designers sending me really bad designs that I've had to find a way to repurpose, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, um, you know, campaigns that just didn't turn out. Um, you know, I invest in different things that just didn't turn out for us. Uh, became a waste of money. Um, shoplifting would became a big thing where we'd have to really monitor that in our our stores. And um, people are really good. You know, people are really really artistic in how they plan stuff out. And they would <laughs> they would come in like groups. They would come in. They would come in. She just, it was just crazy how, how organized they were. And so some of them are really organized. Some of them weren't. And so it, it just, 
you know, battling stuff like that behind the scenes, trying to be a boss, trying to be, trying to have staff. And then the hardest was staffing, I would say, is having a lot of staff and trying to manage them, trying to keep them motivated, trying to keep them showing up without calling in sick, like stuff like that. Like where, because anything that went wrong, I'd have to go and pick up the the pace there. I have to go drive to Prince Albert, Regina, Sass, you know, it's just all over the place. So um, probably the biggest, I would say, failure um, became the blessing in terms of I fell out of um, I felt my passion diminished for retail two okay. years ago. Is it two years ago? Yeah, two two years ago. And so actually it was about three, it's actually more like three, four years ago. And then two years ago, I made a decision that I was going to uh, get out of retail as in me having my own shops and managing it. It just became too much of a headache. And um, I wanted to speak more. I want to coach more. I wanted to do more things that I wanted to do. So I said, I'm going to restructure my business to be e-commerce still be able to, to run itself and I'm going to speak more. I'm going to coach more. I'm going to create this online academy. And then uh, I made that decision. And uh, March 2019 is when um, I got out of it. And so it, um, it came at the, the right time because a year later, COVID came, right? And then we had to, every retail store suffering. And if I had my store right now, I'd probably be freaking out. You know, I, I right. wouldn't know what to do. So it, it was a blessing in disguise. And um, there were so many things I wanted to do with Nietzsche gear in terms of retail that I think I could have really crushed, but I, I just fell out of alignment with where I wanted to go with that. And it just became very discouraging over time to, to, to make that happen because there were so many other things that I wanted to do. And it just became an, uh, it became my own roadblock. You know, it became a roadblock in my own other journey I wanted to do. So I had to, when you want to do something, you have, if you, if you want to do something great, you have to give up some things. And that was a part I had to give up. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if I classify it as a failure, Natalie, but it, I, I <clears throat> anytime you build something and you have to give it up, it, it affects you. Right? right. And so that um, it still affects me a little bit, but it's uh, <clears throat> like I said, it's something that I really felt I could have uh, done, done something really big with. I talk about in the book where um, I probably I was planning to open up a store in, in Winnipeg, Edmonton, uh, pretty much dominate the prairies in, in Western mm -hmm. Canada. And uh, like we could have done millions, you know, in, 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 in annual revenue. Like just the projections were speaking for itself. Now, what does that mean? That means I would have been glued to the road. I would have been not home at all. I probably would have been drinking coffee, eating McDonald's every day. It wouldn't have been a good life. You know, so it wasn't worth it to me. And um, right. that outweighed the chances of financial success with that business and the the things that could have happened. So now I switched it all online and I'm trying to find a way to, to keep that flow going, but also it's become a product of what I do now. It's, it's a product of what I do as a speaker, as a trainer, as a coach. And um, so it's, uh, it's funny how things have, have uh, flipped around. So before right. it was Nietzsche gear carrying me. Now it's like, I carry Nietzsche gear with me with everything I do. Right. Okay. Interesting. So you just, you found that, with weighing the pros and cons, it was time to 
kind of focus on in a new direction really yes yes yeah. and there were so many signs that came along the way and um i'm a big believer in signs and, and messages and whatnot and um that was i was already thinking of that back in 2016. so the first year we moved our location from the mall to circle drive i was already think the re the, like half of that reason was so i can focus more on speaking right it was quieter it was a quieter area it had a bigger office space it had a back room we never had that stuff before so when we got that, I was like, okay, awesome. I can still sell my stuff, but I can also still work on becoming a speaker. I can do my academy stuff. I can do the stuff I always wanted to do. And then, then there are so many things that happened. Like I can't even, there's so much stuff I could talk about that happened where sometimes life will like create a series of events that will really show you like, okay, it's time to move on. Time to go on to the next step. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. Honestly, I don't know how to explain that. Mm -hmm. It was like so many different series of events said, okay, it's time for you to take the next step. You're needed right. over here now, which right. I feel is coaching. And so coaching, speaking, trying to help people one to many as best as I can, because I, I feel I built a platform and now it's time to start helping people with that, which is, uh, comes back to my values again and how I was raised. Wouldn't right. be doing that if I wasn't raised like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I hope that all uh, sums that up. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really kind of exciting new pro or new project, new chapter you have going on. Um, I want to be mindful of our time. Mm -hmm. So um, as a final question, how can uh, people get in touch with you? How can they get in contact yeah. or can they connect? Uh, you can reach out to me. Well, I'm on everything pretty much except for Snapchat and TikTok, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, um, LinkedIn. I'm very heavily on LinkedIn and Facebook, I'd say right now. Uh, find me on those three. Uh, my website is candlenetmaker.com. Check me out there. I'll be uploading some of those trainings that I was telling Natalie about in terms of um, the, the business development and also leadership development. So Working on those right now. Um, I'm doing a lot of mentoring, doing a ton of coaching. If you're looking for for help with that, reach out to me anytime on my website, and we will uh, we'll reach back out to you and uh, try to help you with that. So, I just want to say thank you, Natalie, for uh, inviting me to to your podcast and to the show. And I hope that anyone who's watching this that uh, that it inspires you in some way, that it helps you to to move forward in a healthy way, but more importantly, that it just shows you that, you know, anyone can do anything they really commit to. It's an obsessive feeling. Everything that I've done has been tied to an obsessive pull. And I followed the obsessive pull. I put my energy into the pull from retail to speaking, to coaching, to writing a book. You have to fully immerse yourself in that moment with that thing you're working on. Right. So when you do that, good things come from that. You learn things about yourself. You learn things about other people, but it won't happen if you're one foot's in it and another foot's in a different project, a different career and so on. It doesn't work that way. Right. So, um, so I hope that all helped you today. And I hope that, uh, you know, helps your podcast as well, Natalie. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much um, for agreeing to be on the podcast and for spending time this morning. Um, this was really, really great. So thank you. Thank you, Natalie.
Thank you so much for tuning into the Fashion Ambition Podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review. And if you got any great takeaways, I would love to hear your feedback. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Nomad and Mode and follow the podcast page at The Fashion Ambition to be updated whenever there's a new episode. I know that I always learn so much from each of the guests on the podcast, and I would love to know what stood out most to you. So feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you learned. Thanks again and see you in the next episode of The Fashion Ambition.